Hey guys, if you love a very Brady podcast, then go online and check out the T Public merch store. They got everything in there. They got t-shirts, coffee mugs, uh, hoodies, stickers, magnets, uh, pillows, and there's so many different t-shirt designs to choose from, from tanks to v-necks. If you want it, they got it. So go on there, check it out, order a t-shirt today or a magnet or a sticker. If not for yourself, get one for that Brady Bunch fan in your life. And guys, let me tell you, I ordered a couple of t-shirts to come in so I can check out the quality myself. And I got to tell you, I'm quite impressed. And I'm a bit of a t-shirt snob. It's got to be just right, the right thinness of material. Pretty similar to like like t-shirts that you get like at Target. It's very thin, very comfortable material. These guys over at Public definitely know what they're doing. And you want to talk about t-shirt colors? Of course, I only wear black all the time because it's slimming. But you can get pretty much any color under the sun. So go online to the Public merch store. The link is in the description of this episode. And always remember, have a sunshine day. The following is a fourth-hand production. Welcome to a very Brady podcast. I am your host, one of your hosts, Jimmy Klein, and with me, as always, is the other host of the show, Tack Van Sickle. Hey, hey. And on this pod, what? No, no, no I'm just going. Hey. Oh. Oh, sorry. <laughs> and on this podcast, we celebrate the iconic TV show, The Brady Bunch, as we break down the bunch. One, one what's so funny? As we break down, as we break down, as we break down the iconic TV show, The Brady Bunch. Yeah, you know, as we break like, it down. It's the Brady Bunch. Yeah, whatever. I mean, it's what we're doing now. Whatever. Yeah. Sorry. Well, that's what, well, really what we do is we, we break down the bunch one episode at a time. Uh, we take the episode, we break it down, we kind of, you know, kind of nervously, you know, kind of leave it alone for the night to babysit itself because it's getting older and it deserves to be trusted, you know, only to, to sort of kind of get nervous claiming, you know, well, claiming we're worried about the sniffles and, you know, kind of come back and spy on it uh, for your listening. And then we release it for your listening enjoyment. So, on today's episode, we look at Season 2, Episode 2, entitled The Babysitters. If you haven't watched this episode, please feel free to stop the podcast and go watch it before continuing. You don't have to, but it might make it a little bit more funny, that now call to. The Brady Bunch is also available to stream on Hulu, CBS All Access, and Amazon Prime. Ooh, you did it, Jimmy Klein. I did it. That was the first time. You're going to leave all that shit in there, right? (laughs) <laughs> yeah fuck it i want to hear people hear you struggle and be like well that was my first time you know you know like yeah. 20 episodes from now you're gonna be all like welcome to the brain Watch, where we do this and we do that and then we do this and some other stuff and this is the episode we're gonna do and f- suck my dick you know i probably could have done the taint funny one better than that but <laughs> <laughs> oh well so it's not mm. like uh it's not like you've ever screwed up before <laughs> that was, that's what we call a segu. That kind of stings. <laughs> so, yeah. So, <laughs> okay. So, on episode, <clears throat> season two, episode one, we recorded it last week. We did. 
And it was probably and, hands down the best episode ever recorded <laughs> in the history of podcasting. And then you sent me your file, and then we had yes. Lauren Passell, and she sent me her file. <clears throat> Great, perfect, wonderful. Oh, it was awesome. It was, it, I mean, the the just the chemistry was like nothing I've ever heard before. <laughs> and then uh, when I go to add my file to it and start editing the episode, turns out uh, my card went bad, and my file is completely corrupted and unusable. Yeah. And so... Now we have to re-record season two, episode one, or episode, <laughs> yeah, re-record it, which we yeah. haven't done yet, but our listeners, we Jimmy, have not, have already heard it last week. Isn't that's, that crazy? That's kind of like, that's kind of like, you know, Marty McFly going to the library and seeing pictures of like his grandparents and stuff. What? Seeing pictures of his mind. grandparents? Well, his great grandparents, you know, like 1885 Hill Valley. I mean, seeing like himself. <laughs> Kinda, yeah. I mean, I can never, see never pictures mind. of my grandparents. <laughs> no, like going back in time, you know, the whole time machine. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so it's like weird because they, they've already listened to an episode we haven't even recorded yet. Isn't that weird? Mind equals blown. That's crazy. Yes, I, I agree. Holy so you shit. guys should, should write in and let us know how it was. That way we'll know the future. Yeah. So Whoa. if we can get an email quickly, because like gonna, right now we got to get it right now. <laughs> like man, that was a funny episode. Jimmy said the funniest thing I've ever heard in my life, and you'd be like, "Damn, Jimmy, you're yeah. put on the spot now." I am. Yeah, I better say something funny. <clears throat> it's kind of like Bill and Ted. You know when when um, Bill has to to remind himself to to wind his watch. Yeah, don't forget to wind your watch, Ted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, thanks, like Ted. That. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> so interesting. <clears throat> so how have you been since the last time we recorded? You had a little <laughs> bit of a hiatus, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, well, unless you're talking about last week, which will actually be in the future. But anyway. True. <clears throat> uh, yeah, we uh, finished up season one. Uh, went out with a bang. Uh, well, a loud pop and a fizzle anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it was, it was definitely like a... Like 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 a crackle, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like enough you could hear it, you know. Yeah, but nothing like to where like the neighbors will like complain about. <clears throat> Not unless you have your windows open, then then maybe. But. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, do you? I was gonna try to tell a story from when we were kids and Fourth of okay. July, but. I just realized we don't have any stories of when we were kids in Fourth of July. Remember that one time that uh, I don't know if you remember this, but Ron went and watched fireworks down underneath the Humphrey Bridge at Lee Winter Park. Okay, with his father, <clears throat> and he brought a, a tape recorder. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I know what you're gonna say. Yeah, yeah. And it, and it, it was like one of those little handheld like detectives would use or whatever. A little hand with the little tiny tapes in them, and he recorded the audio. Yeah. Right. He stood out there like a little pale dorky Statue of Liberty, you know, holding his little thing up in the air, <laughs> trying to record the sound of the fireworks. Yeah, and it was like you hear like boom, and hear everybody going ooh ah yeah yeah, yeah. oh you know stuff like that. But it's funny because like the sound of his hand on it was louder than the fireworks were, so really all you heard was like <laughs> whoosh, whoosh, you know. But then tell the listeners what we did when we played it back and make it cooler. No idea. 
Oh, I thought this is where you were going with the story. No, no. uh -uh. Oh, so (laughs) maybe you weren't there. Maybe it's something only me and Ron did. But uh, Ron and I, um, we would, uh, because on the, there was a button you can like play things back in slow motion. (laughs) And so you played it back in slow motion and it sounded like Night of the Zombies. It was awesome. That's awesome. (laughs) Because you're booming, you're. That's pretty funny. Yeah, and it was like a lot of voices, and so it just sounded like, <laughs> like oh my god, that's crazy. Yeah, the, the the only thing I remember is when me and you were <laughs> were spitting spitballs on my brother's hair while he was sleeping on the couch. Yeah. <laughs> so this is a good lesson to... Now like, he's dead. Oh, what? what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah. how old were we then? We were roughly around 12, 13, maybe yeah, 14-ish. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> the same age... That Greg and Marsha are when they're left unattended. So that's true. Yeah, the same age almost did. as our kids, as your son yeah. and my son. It's true. Mm. Sons are thirteen. So yeah. If if our sons went to school with the Bradys, do you think they would have a crush on Marsha? Um. Probably your son. I only say that because my I don't think my son is like in the girls quite yet. I don't know. He's probably is just it, lying do you me. think it's because he like girls have cooties? No, I just don't think he's just hasn't. I don't think he thinks <clears throat> okay. either way. You know, girls aren't gross, but they're also not beautiful creatures either. So my son is strangely relaxed around women, around women, around girls. <laughs> it's weird. He's like cooler than I was at the same age. Like you, I remember having to call you to my house to dial the last digit of a phone number because I couldn't even call a girl. <laughs> yeah. So he's like texting that. with him and stuff and like we'll FaceTime with him. I couldn't even <laughs> call cool. him. So yeah. <clears throat> so yeah. So I guess now's a good time to take our first break. All right. Okay. So we're gonna take a first break and when we come back, you're gonna hear everything there is to hear about season two, episode two of the Brady Bunch. Uh, we'll be back. Bye. Hello, listeners of Random Other Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Cogswell, here with my co-host, Marie Mayhew. Hey, everybody. If you like podcasts like whatever podcast this is, then come listen to the Mad Scientist Podcast, a weekly show on the history, philosophy, and hard science between fringe and paranormal claims. Marie, what are some topics we've covered in the past? We have... covered ufos we've covered economic collapse we have covered cats we did cover cats pretty pretty Mm -hmm. distinctly yes if you like podcasts and a little bit of humor and a little bit of singing and some cats come listen to the mad scientist (laughs) podcast please shoot And we are back. Okay, we have the Brady Bunch Season 2, Episode 2, entitled The Babysitters. Okay. The original air date of this was October 2nd, 1970. It was written by Bruce Howard, directed by Oscar Rudolph. 
Oscar Rudolph. We see him a lot as a director. Seriously, right? Yeah. Has they directed anything else, Dino? I feel like I just heard something recently. I think he might right? have done. Uh, I maybe think he's some still alive, of, isn't he? I don't know. I think he might have directed some episodes of Gilligan's Island. I think. Oh, okay. Not sure. <clears throat> some interesting things from IMDb. From 1967 to 1975, the detective series Mania, which I've never heard of. Mania? Mania. Is it Mania or Mania? (laughs) Probably Mania. The craze, the mania. Man, I'm having so much trouble reading today. (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't resist. Uh, But anyways, Mania not only borrowed the Brady Bunch set, like the house, the set house, uh, for a couple, a handful of episodes, but they also uh, borrowed Robert Reed himself. Uh, he played Lieutenant Adam Tobias in 22 different episodes of Mania. So it'd be cool to go back and watch it and see if they have any shots of him in the Brady Bunch house, but not in the Brady Bunch. Hmm. That would you know be cool. Yeah. yeah. So that'd be kind of neat. So anyways, <clears throat> so let's get into this. Okay, we fade okay. in. All right. You ready? You prepared yep. for this? Yeah. Because this is some, um, the St. Adventures in Babysitting. This is hardcore babysitting stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Don't fuck with the Bradys. It's huh? more adventures in parents while your kids are babysitting. Anyways, <clears throat> so we fade in. Season one. Oh, season one. Wow. Scene one. <laughs> <laughs> we see Alice in the kitchen hanging lime-colored curtains in the opening between the family room and the kitchen. And it, when I first saw this, like I, I was kind I of puzzled because it <laughs> was a. Uh, well, because I mean, the family room thing? Yeah. The way I thought it was, she's like decorating her window into the world or the yeah, family yeah. room from which well, I thought she's that maybe, not allowed in. Yeah, well, like she's not allowed in there. And so at least it seems like she's not allowed in there. So my first thought was, you know, she's kind of like blocked the view so that she's not tempted to go in there because it's such an inviting room. So she's yeah. like, I'm just going to put these ugly lime colored curtains on so I don't have to think about going in there. But I, just, I just thought that that was my first thought. And then, yeah. <clears throat> so anyways. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. So just then, Mrs. Brady enters. Alice asks how the curtains strike her, which I thought was a weird way of saying it. How do they strike you? Carol <laughs> replies that they look lovely, but... She doesn't think they look right there, which I kind of have to agree because it's like in the middle of the house. Yeah. Turns out she's helping Sam, she being Alice, is help, helping Sam decorate his apartment tonight and asks her opinion on him. Carol replies that they look a little frilly for a man's apartment and would look better in a woman's apartment. You know what that kind of reminds me of? Do you remember the apartment you lived out beachside? And yeah. Man, you, man, you decorated to look like an old lady's house. Wasn't it already decorated that way? I mean, it, well, no, it wasn't really decorated, but we decorated your table because you had these weird, like, like, I don't know, like weird patterned china plates. And so we, <laughs> we decorated the table with like place settings with china plates and a bowl and silverware. And it was set up like that all the time. It kind of looked like an old lady lived there. Well, <clears throat> just so our listeners understand, this was a furnished, like, Almost was, pretty yeah. much a studio apartment. So, like, yeah, none of yeah, these dishes yeah. were mine. None of the furniture was mine. It was just like, right. yeah. Right yeah. on the beach, though. So. <laughs> so, anyways, Alice replies, that's the idea. To turn the man's apartment into the woman's apartment, gesturing to herself. So, basically, she wants to go live with Sam. They both get a good chuckle. Ha, 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 ha. But this is broken up by Mr. Brady pulling into the driveway. 
Alice excitedly says, look who's home early on a Friday. And Carol happily says, uh, what a way to start the weekend as she runs out of the house. <laughs> and at first of all, it's funny because she runs to meet him like, like she's like, <laughs> daddy, I haven't seen you in like a week, all week, you know. But like, it's kind of funny because Alice is like hinting like she's trying to escape, you know, she's like, yeah, I'm yeah, trying yeah. to get into Sam's apartment, you know. And she's then, trying to get into his pants is what she's trying to do. <laughs> well, I think she's already got that. And then like... Yeah. She's like, I'm going to move into his apartment. You're going to make it mine. And then Carol's like, ha, you stupid maid. You're not going anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's funny because she does chuckle like that. Like, well, looking to be my apartment. She's like, ha, ha, ha you silly bitch. Um, <clears throat> scene two. Carol runs out quickly to Mr. What's that? What's wrong? <laughs> Just the way scene two. Like, your listeners scene don't care two. what scene it is. <laughs> <laughs> Carol, they might care. They might oh, be tracking this at home. Carol runs out quick. Runs out quick. That doesn't make sense. Carol runs out to Mr. Brady. Can't read your own typing. Exactly right. Yeah. And says, says what a great surprise and that she hopes that nothing is wrong. But it turns out Mr. Brady has great news and pulls out two tickets to a show, which Hmm. they don't say the name to. He just like, like, huh? (laughs) No, he just like points like I get two tickets. Really? To what? can't you read like just look <laughs> well i thought that was okay interesting on a lot of ways okay so one they didn't say the name because they don't have the rights to anything and two exactly that's what i thought they also they don't want to date the show kind of ironically they don't want to date it by mm-hmm. saying i i was trying to think of what the show could possibly be i have no idea well, but. i mean they could have generically said you know oh my god it's that that band I've been wanting to see or that oh my god I love that singer or you know they could have said something generic like that instead of saying look at look at the show you know um, <laughs> it's weird how you went to like band or singer when I thought of like yeah. some play or something that was that don't strike me as the play type but maybe know, she said the show or whatever I don't know so yeah. so anyway that was like reality like that's how like you would do with your wife like oh check out what I got and you'd show it to her like right, ah, right, right. read it read it and you know, like well, see, with me, reality. I would have called her at home and be like, you're never going to guess what tickets I got. Well, he wanted I to save told her before I got home. No. Right. <laughs> <clears throat> Carol exclaims, that's the show that's been sold out for weeks. She says how excited she is and then quickly says that they cannot go. Mike is clearly <laughs> disappointed. <laughs> that was kind of funny. That was, that was a good delivery by Carol. I it was. It was good timing on her part. She's like, oh my God, I'm so excited. Yeah, but we can't go. Um, Mike is clearly disappointed, but Carol explains that Alice has plans to help her boyfriend decorate his apartment. Mr. Brady questions why that cannot be done at another time, which (laughs) there's an underlying tone with how he says that, which is hilarious. Oh, she can just do it another night. What? Yeah. Like, I I don't remember giving her that night off. (laughs) You can tell it's what he's saying. Like, fucking housekeeper, so... (laughs) <laughs> she's here to make our life easier so why do we have to stay in because of her <clears throat> so I thought that was kind of funny um, but Carol explains that she really likes Sam very much and that he's not the one that wants and that he being Mike is not the one that wants to marry Sam although the actor made it but Mike Brady's not um, as they exit to the back door of the house where he's at this sounds really confusing the way you're putting it right. Carol says well I really like Sam and then Mike goes well I yeah, really yeah. like Sam too but and then Carol's like yeah but not you don't want to marry Sam right, and right, then right. Robert Reed goes well 
Kind of. You don't know that. Like, <laughs> I don't want to marry him. I just want to consummate. Um, <laughs> Here's what's weird, too. So, like, is you notice that when he pulled up, Mike gets out of the car on the passenger side. I didn't notice that. Yeah, it's yeah. Weird. I understand that it's like a full like bench seat in the front. And you know, you just slide over, but it's just weird. Like I don't know. Maybe that was it a is, thing yeah. people did. Maybe it is. I guess it is a bench seat, and it's not a manual. So I guess there wouldn't be any reason he couldn't do that. But it's really, I think, because the director thought that camera wise, it looked better. Probably. Yeah, because otherwise he would have to uh, get out and walk all the way around. The camera would have to follow him all the way around. I don't know. Right. And did you notice Carol's outfit? Of course not. Of course not. She and has I, even like, have, I even have to write a synopsis this week, and yet I still didn't notice. <laughs> she has like 48 buttons going down the front of her dress. Like, <laughs> she's got such a crap load of buttons. that, And it's some kind of dress kind of thing. But it's like it's it's like a pantsuit with a dress and like a t-shirt under it. It's really strange. But, like, she, you can tell she got halfway done, and she's just like, screw this. And so, like, the bottom half isn't buttoned, because I think she just got tired of uh, buttoning all on. That's what, that's, now it makes sense. That's why Mike said, damn, girl, look at your button game. And I thought that was weird. <laughs> I was like. <laughs> I'm just checking out your butt. Tins. <laughs> okay. Next scene. We yeah. see Marsha and Greg standing in the kitchen. Mike and Carol enter. Mike seems to have an idea. And question Carol, you want to see the show as much as me, correct? Carol says, of course. Um, and then questions why they don't call a babysitter. Mike agrees and wants to make an evening out of it, saying we should make dinner. We should do dinner, that kind of thing. But mm-hmm. Marsha and Greg seem to be disturbed by this idea. Which if I was their age, I, I guess I kind of would be too. You know what I mean? Yeah. It would be like when me and you were, you know, when we, me and you first met. Well, not when we first met. We were 13 or 14. That'd be like us going... Can you believe my mom called a babysitter to watch? <laughs> I think our first question would be, you know, like, is she hot? <laughs> no, we would not say, is she hot? We would have said, is she fine? She's fine. That's right. Is she fine? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, the next scene. We see Marsha standing in the boys' room, leaning against the bunk bed, with Greg pacing back and forth. Greg and Marsha seem to think they are being treated as infants, and they also seem to be embarrassed at the thought of having a babysitter. And they think it's embarrassing. <clears throat> Greg and Marsha feel like they should confront their parents and take a firm stance against it. You're damn right they should. Yeah, right. I kinda I don't know if I'd take a stance against it, but I'd probably question my parents, like, why why do you feel like you need like what have I done to make you think I need to be watched all the time? You know what I mean? Um, <clears throat> yeah. But then again, like I always I had a sister that was two years older than me. Well, I guess I still do. Um, <laughs> and she was always, we were always there left alone together. So there was always yeah. two of us. So I was a latchkey kid growing up. So I was, well, you, had a sister. A lot. you have a yeah, sister that's two years older than you as well. Yeah. She's like, and what's two, weird is your sister's, your sister seems so much older to me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like when we were younger, she seems so much older than us, but she's only a year older than me. She's kind of funny. Well, she's, she just turned 47. So, oh, really? Okay. So she's about a year and a half older than me. Okay, next scene. We see Alice on the phone with the babysitter who cannot babysit because it's her bowling night, which that's... That was a thing in the 70s, man. You had to learn everybody's bowling nights, man. Yeah. So Alice thanks her, thanks her anyways, and hopes that she breaks 100. So she she can't miss bowling night because this woman sucks. 
She's a pretty shitty bowler. Yeah, you better fucking go practice tonight, not fucking yeah, babysit. You better break 100, fucking bitch. <clears throat> Carolyn Alice don't know what to do. They've called everyone. They know. Wow, I messed that up. <laughs> so it went to the next line, and I just I paused it. Sorry, <laughs> so um, I've done that before. <laughs> <laughs> Carol and Alice, Alice don't know what to do. They've called everyone they know, and everyone else is busy. Alice then volunteers to help Sam another night, saying that the Bradys have tickets to a show, and she's just kind of going to help Sam. Mike immediately agrees because she's a fucking employee. <laughs> <laughs> And you can tell he's just like, that's dead. Yes, of course. Yeah. That's what I said Finally, first. fuck. Yeah. That's what I said the first time. Yeah. <laughs> Fine, but let's Carol go. Quick, <laughs> Carol quickly elbows him in the in the ribs and says that they wouldn't even hear of it. And then Mike's like, yeah, wouldn't even. Because he knows what's up at stake. He knows that he's, you know, he might score tonight. Yeah. <laughs> and then if he pisses her off, it's not going to happen. <laughs> so Carol pulls Mike away alone to talk. Carol tells Mike that this night means a lot to Alice. Mike su- suggests that they should call one of those professional babysitting services that I've never fucking heard of that I think they fucking made up for this episode. Carol says he's fucking brilliant for coming up with the idea of calling a babysitter. And then they kiss as Greg and Marsha enter the kitchen. Greg begins, Mom, Dad. That's pretty good. I, I noticed yeah. that. Mom, I was expecting him to go, I was thinking. Yeah. Mom, Dad, and then he says the two of them want to talk. After hesitating, they kind of look back and forth at each other. He begins saying that they feel they are too old to have a babysitter and that they are firm about that, saying that they are 14 and 13, Greg being 14. Mike seems to get an idea, like kind of quietly getting an idea, and he agrees with Greg. Greg asks, so we can... Hold on, let me backtrack. Mike seems to get an idea... And agrees with Greg. And then Carol also says, oh, yeah, we agree. So Greg asks, okay, so we can babysit ourselves tonight? Mike and Carol agree. Mike begins saying that their tour of duty begins at 6. I thought that was interesting wording because that's like (laughs) a military term, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. But if Mike wasn't in the military, why would he use tour of duty? I don't know. Like you were in the military and I've never heard you say that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's not really a Navy term, but... Well, it's um, military. Maybe his dad was military, maybe. Oh. Maybe. Marcia stops Greg and whispers whispers something that we can't hear. Greg stops and replies, saying, you know, babysitters get paid 75 cents per hour. And then they walk off. Which I <clears> thought <throat> was kind of a ballsy move. That was kind of gangster. <laughs> they were like, you ain't getting this shit for free. Nice try. Right. Because they were um, willing to pay a babysitter. That's true. So how much is 75 cents an hour in 1970 money to today? Can you guess? I'd say $5. Damn. Was that right? $4.99. Really? <laughs> wow, that was completely good. Because I was thinking minimum wage. Okay. But, yeah. um, <clears throat> so basically you can pay $5 an hour, <clears throat> which is, you know, that's reasonable for babysitting. I that's suppose. $10 an hour because there's two of them. And they yeah. were gone for probably, you know, four hours. That's not too bad. Well, broken up, but um, yeah. you know, it, their their best argument they made, I thought, was when they said, you know, babysitters are our age, you know, or something like that, where they said, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, 
<laughs> babysitters are the this this is our it's their age. It's their team. It's like when are you gonna have my friend from school come and hang out with me for the night? <laughs> no. Here's your babysitter, she's twelve. And it's like, what yeah. the fuck? Yeah. That would have been funny if our parents had us babysit each other. <laughs> Jimmy Tack's gonna come over and babysit you. And then you're like and then your mom would be like, Jimmy's coming over to babysit you. I'm like, what the hell? Okay. <clears throat> but they secretly tell each of us that we're in charge. They're we're, exactly. You know, yeah. you're babysitting Jimmy tonight, <laughs> and then your mom tells you. But I'm taller. <laughs> okay, we see Carol and the kids assembled in the living room. Carol is explaining that she expects the kids to be on their best behavior tonight with Greg and Marsha in charge. Cindy questions they're leaving them, leaving them all alone tonight. So she's like, "You're going to leave it all alone tonight." Greg calls her a dodo <laughs> and then says they're not going to be alone. That him and Marsha are in charge. Right. Peter questions, does this mean that we have to follow their orders, especially Greg? She <laughs> explains that they have left instructions for Greg and Marsha and that they will be acting in their place. So basically, they're the parents tonight. <clears throat> mm -hmm. That means they got a hump. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's you in kids, the movies later you on. You damn kids stay downstairs. <laughs> That's that's in the in the sequel in the nineties. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> Peter seems bothered that they will have to follow orders. Like they they just don't want to listen to Greg and Marsha. <laughs> Bobby asks the weirdest fucking question. Bobby asks <laughs> who the head babysitter is, Greg or Marsha. Marsha explains they're both the same. Peter well, Greg questions actually said he goes, Well that's Marsha and he goes, Oh, I oh you meant never mind. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, Bobby asks if he will have to ask both of them to help him take a bath. <laughs> yeah. Like, he's like eight. I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, who's going to help me take a bath? Like, well, Greg will help you. Like, what the fuck? Like, what does he need yeah. help with? Right, right, right. Like I, I can't to, like, even wash remember. Him? I can't remember a time needing help to take a bath. No. Like, well, okay. Don't no. think about yourself. Think about your children. So, like, when's the last time you had to help one of your kids take a bath? I mean, we we do Luke, but he's three. Yeah. Okay. So I would say as soon as they were like, really, it's as soon as they're old enough to be left alone and not destroy the place is when they you know what I mean like <laughs> right. you gotta worry about them drowning obviously but I mean yeah I I'd mean, say four maybe five at the most like yeah. I mean you leave the door open so you can hear what they're doing you hear them splashing yeah. around and stuff but you and don't you go in there and fucking peek help in them. and check on them for sure <clears throat> yeah. um, but like like what is it like Bobby I just picture Bobby like standing up going now get my parts you know and then he has to like scrub <laughs> his like little pee pee you gotta <laughs> wash my butt I'm gonna do my butt yeah. <laughs> Sounds weird. I, I don't know. Um, so, anyways, Bobby asks that question. Um, <laughs> yeah. They say that Greg has to help Bobby with a bath. Okay. <clears throat> then Bobby just says, no thanks. He's just not going to take one, which I thought was kind of cool. Like, I would have said the same thing. Like, fuck you. I'm not <laughs> yeah. gonna, my older brother, that's gross. He's not going to help me take a bath. <laughs> Carol clears, clears it up by saying, okay, I just said that. That saying Greg will help. Justin, Justin, what the fuck? <laughs> it's so funny because when I was <laughs> when I was skimming your notes, I saw that in there, Justin. I was like, what "The fuck, fuck the fuck it, I'm leaving it in because maybe he meant something I didn't know." So, 
Oh, Maybe I know, I know what it was. Just then? I don't know. No, just then is what I meant to say. Yeah, just okay. then. Just then, Cindy gets the sniffles, I'm assuming. <laughs> just then, Cindy gets the sniffles. Carol questions if she's coming down with a cold. Cindy explains that if she does not want that she does not want Greg helping her blow her nose. She will do it herself because she's a woman of the 60s. And she's like fucking eight and she shouldn't need help blowing her nose. <laughs> By no means will you be helping her blow her nose. Yeah, yeah. no shit. Like, I yeah. wouldn't do that. I'm not going to help you wipe your ass either. You're eight. <clears throat> Carol then orders that no nose blowing for Cindy. And then she begins to leave. Cindy sniffles again. Carol says she's, or I'm sorry, Cindy says she's fine, but Carol insists on taking her temperature, which Marcia seems super excited to do for some reason. Peter and Jan leave to go watch TV. They're like, want to go watch TV? So they leave to another room. Mike, just then Mike comes down the stairs asking if everything's under control. Cindy explains that she can blow her nose on her own. Mm-hmm. And she snaps her fingers up in the air and like wiggles her head back and forth. <laughs> he then questions if Greg remembers everything. Greg kind of, rightfully so, Greg scolds him saying, like, do you not trust me? Like, which I've gotten that from my own daughter. Um, <clears throat> like, you know, I wear the, the driver's hats, you know? Yeah. And Carol, or Carol, wow. Caitlin ordered me one that was, yeah, that ordered me one that was baby blue and I hadn't worn it yet. And she kind of scolded me. She's like, you asked my opinion on the hat. I gave you the color. You ordered it. Do you not like it? Do you not trust me? Like, do you not trust that it's going to look okay? So I'm kind of an advocate of kids scolding their parents a little bit. I think, I think if you really want, you know, the two way communication, you got to be open to it. You can't, you can't criticize your kids and let them criticize you. That's kind of unfair. <clears throat> so that's my opinion. Um, <clears throat> Mike then quickly quizzes Greg on what to do if smoke is coming out of the TV. Okay. Greg answers, get everyone out of the house and call the fire department. So did they not have 911 in the 60s? Uh, well, this is 1970, and I looked oh, this up. Oh, is it 1970? So, so uh, 911 was implemented in 1968. So oh, okay. So they didn't they have, did have they it. They did have it. Yeah, they did have it. Okay. Yeah. That's weird. Mike seems happy at Greg's answer and he like starts to walk away and then he quickly turns again and asks hot water pipe bursts. What do you do? Bobby exclaims, I don't take a bath. (laughs) Greg then, (laughs) Greg then replies, turn off the main valve and call a plumber. I would never quiz my kids on this crap. Like seriously. Well, you don't leave your kids home alone though. Even if I did, I wouldn't quiz them on a hot water pipe or, you know, smoke them out of the TV. That's I wouldn't stupid. worry about the hot water or the water pipe <clears throat> yeah. bursting. Like, I would, that's not something I would quiz anybody on. Because right. then even then, it's like, well, shut off the main valve. Well, do right. you know where the main valve is? Like, <laughs> right, no, right, right. but that's what you told me to say, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, as far as fire stuff, for sure, yeah. yeah. Well, like, we have a plan already. <clears throat> you know, both of the kids know how to open their windows. Both of the kids know how to kick out their screen. And they go to the furthest point of the yard that's possible, um, you know, and then we told them just stay there until help arrives. You know, don't come looking for us, that kind of thing. Um, <clears throat> anyways, um, let me find my place. Bobby then asks Mike why babysitters have to know so much. Mike explains it's to protect them when they're gone from things like accidents or strangers, etc. Then he takes Bobby to the front door. Mike explains that he is going to go outside and knock on the door. Bobby jumps wildly. As soon as the door closes, he's wildly jumping up and down trying to see other people. (laughs) 
When Mike opens the door and questions what the hell he's doing, he explains that he's trying to see what Mike is doing. Mike then leaves, telling him to do what he what he told him. Mike knocks. When Bobby opens the door, Mike scolds him, saying, "You never open the door without asking who it is," and makes and makes Bobby try it again. Mike knocks. Bobby asks who it is. He says, "Daddy," and Bobby opens the front door. So Mike's like, "Good job. That's exactly what you're supposed to do." He says he's going to do it again, but this time he's going to be a stranger. And then he leaves. Mike knocks. <laughs> <laughs> and Bobby asks, who is it? And Mike says, Herman, can I come in? Bobby says, no. And just then Alice comes <laughs> and gets it for dinner. So I thought this was pretty funny. Comes in and gets him for dinner. <laughs> Mike is outside and starts talking in this weird, silly voice asking, can I come in to use the phone? And then there's like a long pause. Then he praises like saying, that's a good job. See, you didn't open the door. Alice just opens the door and Bobby's like nowhere in sight to find Mike like kind of embarrassed explaining how he was going to try to teach Bobby, you know, how to act when a stranger comes to the front door, like trying to make it funny and everything. And Alice is just like, like fucking staring at him like it's fucking fucking stupid, <laughs> like kind of giving him shit. And she finally laughs when he walks away. I thought that was really funny, though. <laughs> now the, the, that whole scene was done really well. So it's another it great was, scene yeah. from Mike. Yeah. But this time instead thing- of Greg, it was Bobby and... It, yeah, was yeah, all, yeah. And it was all one shot. I don't know if you noticed it that. Was, that yeah, was, yeah, all one yeah. shot. Yeah. <clears throat> and it was hilarious because, like, yeah. you like, when Alice is at the door, and he was just like, you want a for pillow? You know, he's just like, housekeeping. <laughs> he does, like, this really high-pitched voice. <laughs> I fucking laughed really hard. It was so funny. The only thing I would have done differently if I was directing is I would have had Alice slowly open the door and have Mike so invested in this Herman character that he's all like has this like shirt pulled up over his head and he's like, blah, blah, blah. you know, that would have been funny. And have him not realize the doors open. That would have yeah. been funny. <laughs> yeah, and then quickly funny. just goes, oh, hey, Alice. <laughs> <laughs> Did you notice in the scene, particularly when they're sitting on the couch? How high Bobby's pants were. <laughs> no. Like his his the bottom of his pants came up like I'd say probably four inches below his knee. Like <laughs> he looked like Michael Jackson, how high his pants were. It was insane <laughs> how high they were. But also, why couldn't Mike come back in the house? Like he didn't the lock the door. Locked? No, it wasn't. Because earlier in the scene he opens up the door and he's like, You never you know he, the door wasn't locked. He never locked it. Because Alice didn't have to unlock it when she opened it. Well, yeah, but it could be one of those where it locks automatically, but you can mm, still open it true, from yeah. the inside. He is an architect, so he probably put fancy dancy locks on the door. <laughs> <clears throat> okay, next scene. Carol enters down the stairs with her arm stretched out for some reason. I didn't really know what the hell she was doing. Did you notice that? She had her arm like stretched out sideways like a it. bird. It was funny because I was actually, I don't remember what I was doing, but I looked down for a moment and then <laughs> I saw that she was going to get ready to come down the stairs and then he goes, wow, look at you or something like that. And I was like, damn, I missed her like coming down the stairs. And I even thought about <laughs> to myself, like, did she, I hope she didn't do anything that he's going to talk about. It was really weird the way her arm was stretched out. I don't understand what she was doing, but, um, but as she's walking down the stairs, Mike seems to be impressed at how she looks. And when he sees her, um, he begins, uh, you know, saying how nice she is. Uh, and they begin walking to the front door. Mike senses something is wrong with Carol and asks if she's okay. Carol says she thinks so. 
before finally saying that she's not going to let Cindy Sniffles spoil the night. So she's obviously still thinking about the Sniffles. <clears throat> Mike asks if she, if Cindy had a fever. Carol seems surprised and says, no, like that's the weird thing. And Mike insists that everything's going to be fine. Just then Alice enters with the best multicolored scarf I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> like it was, it was awesome. It was, it was, it was one, it looked like somebody could wear that shit today. Like it was pretty neat. But then they ha- she, she has like, those. Sorry. She was wearing like a full dress. Like she's not dressed oh, yeah, to like it's weird, isn't it? go help decorate a house. Like at first I thought it was a denim jacket, but it wasn't. <laughs> it looked like a, like a wool polyester dress. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I don't know, it just seems weird to wear that to go get dirty at the apartment and like, and then get dirty. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Um, no, but like helping <laughs> him decorate around the house. That sounds like a, remember when yeah. uh, Carol was dressing her like jeans and her do-rag and her yeah, fucking, yeah. you know. Yeah, it seems, well, then, seems more like something you'd wear for that. And, and if you notice in her right hand, she has those fucking ugliest sin green curtains. Yeah. But then in her left hand, like, she had to change of clothes. <laughs> Did you notice that? No. She had clothes in her hand, in her left hand. <laughs> That's awesome. She was going to do the walk of shame. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> but she comes in saying, oh my God, did I hear something about a fever? Alice soon feels like she kind of shouldn't leave because of Cindy... You know, citing the fact that Cindy has the sniffles, and she says that the sniffles can lead to something worse. But what obviously, a fucking bitch. Well, obviously, her and Carol have magical powers, and that won't happen if they stay home. I don't, I don't understand the mentality <laughs> of we need to stay home because something might. Ha- well, it's going to happen whether you're home or not. So, well, what I didn't like is Alice pulls <clears throat> this crap. You know, like, well, maybe I should stay home. You know, it's like, <laughs> you know, it's like, well, if it was my kid. <clears throat> I know I damn sure wouldn't be going out to some show and dinner. I'm just saying, but you know, hey, it's your kid, your choice, I guess. <clears throat> but maybe, maybe I should just stay home, you know, to yeah. take after your child that you obviously don't give a fuck about. You know, <laughs> so you can like, be like them shitty parents that go out bitch. when a kid's sick, but whatever. <laughs> oh my god, what a bitch, man! Yeah, yeah. I and then Mike handles this good, handles this well. You know, he's yeah, like, yeah. no. Fuck it. He like grabs her and like literally throws her out the fucking door and like hell yeah he, yeah like he like manhandles her. her yeah he's like you don't fucking talk to me like that in my house yeah right <laughs> fucking employee so <laughs> like, oh, you went out and found out of the dick after I married oh, fine get the fuck out go <clears throat> Carol yeah. explains to Alice that Cindy's not sick and it's just the sniffles but still Alice feels bad but Mike like you said grabs her and literally shoves her out the front door before starting to leave themselves with him and Carol but Carol just seems really nervous about what Alice said as Alice is a bitch like you said (laughs) and begins to worry about Cindy herself Mike explains that she sniffled before she's going to sniffle again everything will be fine Greg explains that if you need to I'll check on her every five minutes um, and to just go just to leave which I kind of I kind of understand where Greg's coming from because he probably felt like if I don't show them out the door now they're probably not going to leave yeah (laughs) Let's fucking go, please. <clears throat> Carol finally agrees and then Mike with Mike and then asks if they can shut the, the I'm sorry, and then Mike asks if the kids have shut the gas stove off. Marshall reminds him that it's not even a gas stove, it's a fucking electric stove. <laughs> and that they also know where the phone numbers are. Greg explains 
that they'll lock the thump front door behind them. Mike leaves, strangely pointing at, like, did you notice the finger point he was doing at Greg? <laughs> no. Like, he was in trouble. He's like... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, it, it was, was like really strange. Fucking, you know, it was like doing the two fingers <clears throat> yeah. at his eyes. Yeah, like, like, what the like, fuck? Like, you, you just like, got done saying you trusted him. Yeah, it was just like, don't fuck <laughs> up. That was that kind of a look. <laughs> as soon as he leaves, Mike knocks again. Greg opens the front door and quickly gets scolded by Mike asking, you, you didn't ask who it is. So Greg's like, well, we fucking knew who it was because you just walked out the damn door. Like, So Greg and Marsha kind of lean against the, do- the door, kind of in relief after finally getting their parents to leave. <laughs> well, the They're funniest like, part right there was as soon as they shut the door, Greg like puts the chain on, and you hear, mm-hmm. you hear Mike yell, "He didn't chain the door!" And I thought that, like, that fucking made me laugh out loud again. That's twice in this episode <clears throat> where I fucking laughed out loud. I was like, "That was awesome!" Like yeah, fucking yeah. Mike once again. Fucking yeah, right, yeah. great performance in those yeah, last two scenes. It was so. I don't funny. think the show would have been the same if he wasn't the father. No, <laughs> I really don't. I know. Like no. I don't mean this episode. I mean the show in its entirety. Yeah, it no, hell no. No, nobody can pull it off. Hmm. <laughs> so, anyways, <laughs> this is where we take our second break. All right. Yes. So, uh, so where we sit right now. So the kids have. Uh, have been left alone for the night with Greg and Marsha in charge while Mike and Carol go um, go to a show and Alice is going to help Sam quote unquote decorate his apartment hmm. Hmm. will Greg and Marsha rise to the occasion we'll find out we'll be back Welcome to Hysteria 51, a weekly oddcast of mysteries, conspiracies, the unusual and the unexplained. Do we have a laser thermometer to figure out if Admiral Byrd is here? I'm pointing the laser at the wall now. 71.1, Admiral Byrd is here. With John, Brent and Conspiracy Bot. You're all idiots. Yeah. Join them each week as they clarify conspiracies. I'm a Stuart Swerdlow. I promise I am human and I do human things. <laughs> Explore enigmas. It's all about ley lines and you'd understand that if I could explain it to you. And probe the paranormal. Hysteria 51 is a hilarious expedition into the eccentric. Stop on my joke. I Thank will when you. they're good. Tune in each week and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, the iHeartRadio app, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And remember, the truth is out there, but you won't find it here. Stay woke, meet sex. And we are back. That was a good break. Yo, yo. That was a good break. That was, that was a good break. Man, I can't believe you did that on break. Like, I was like, is that his feet or his again. elbow? Yeah. I'll do it again. I don't care. Go for, I dare you. I double say I won't. <laughs> I'll do it right now. <laughs> it's like it's like this. And then Hell I... Hell yeah. That's exactly what it was. This way. <laughs> wait, that's not your we armpit. back. Huh? I said, wait, that's not your armpit. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, yeah. So... So, Marsha and Greg are home alone babysitting. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, we're going to get into that in a minute. But so like, you know, I got nothing. <laughs> I thought maybe <laughs> I can go somewhere <laughs> with a topic. I, to talk about. When I was a kid, <laughs> uh, when I was a kid, um, I was, I, I have, like I've said many times before, I've, I have older siblings. Um, yeah. So I was always like, I remember as a kid that my first memory of being in a room was before I started kindergarten. I was about maybe three or four. <clears throat> I um, shared a room with my brother, Ken. Um, he went into the Navy when I was in like kindergarten, first grade. Um, when he left, I shared a room with my brother, Rick. Um, yeah. And then later on, um, when I was about maybe eight or nine, I shared a room with my brother, Steve. Um, and then I finally, I think at one point may have, I've shared a room with my brother Rick again. <clears throat> so I, I, I've been babysat a lot, but it didn't really feel like being babysat because it was my brothers. It was just hanging out with right. my brothers. But have you ever been, have you ever had an actual babysitter? Uh, yes, actually. actually you, I've never had a babysitter. It almost seems like you're like <clears throat> segueing into a story here. Cause now I just thought of a story. <laughs> <laughs> I was young though. I was probably like five. And okay. my sister was like eight, seven or eight, depending on what were you, month it was. Were you wearing like a little sailor's outfit? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and my sister was wearing like this sundress and I had yeah. a really large novelty sized lollipop. And, a yeah, little and then on the other hat. hand, you were, it was like an oversized airplane and your sister was holding <laughs> like a lollipop and stuff. Yeah, like a balloon. Right. And, <clears throat> and a dolly. <laughs> yeah. But not so, the kind you um, carry heavy things with. I mean, I'm like a doll. <laughs> no, I got you. <laughs> so um, I remember this very distinctly. So she, the babysitter was a friend of the family. Um, and to me, she seemed like she was 30. <laughs> I don't think she was. I think she was probably, I don't even know. But I, we'll get back to that. So okay. she was cooking spaghetti in the kitchen. And okay. me and my sister were like sneaking in there. You know, you take like, you know, uncooked spaghetti and like eat it or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Kid. So we kept doing that. And then she'd be like, I'm going to get you. And we're like, no, we'd run out of the kitchen, you know. And then we'd come back in there and like try to sneak another one. They're like, I'm going to get you. She'd go you all know? silverback gorilla on you. Stop stealing. <laughs> <laughs> she would Chris Farley on us. Yeah, right. For the love of God. No. <laughs> um, and then she was like pretending to like give us like spankings or like no you know whatever oh, it was just God. like all goofing around stuff I'll grab your like, noodle come here let me spank you <laughs> what kind of babysitter you have man I know my sister was there like, whatever dude alright <laughs> no so so this time I took one and I ran to the living room she's like chasing me all the way to the living room and she went to like take her knee and like hit my butt or whatever with it, like you know, kind of a thing. But instead of me just like falling to the ground and laughing, it actually threw me across the room <laughs> and I smashed my forehead on this coffee table and cracked it open and like blood was gushing everywhere. Wow. And she was like, oh my gosh. She was like freaking out. And then uh, <clears throat> she had called, this is weird to say, but my parents, this is back when my parents were actually oh, together. Yeah. Okay. So I must have been on like four actually. Younger right, than right. five. That was and Jay and David. <laughs> okay, Ron. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so uh, next thing you know, like, 
the paramedics had shown up, you know, and because she called 911, you know, she <laughs> and then uh, <laughs> called the restaurant or wherever it is because that's how you, yeah, do, right, you had yeah. to do it back then. Numbers on the fridge. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so uh, my parents came back and they're like, eh. and then I had to be whisked off to the emergency room and get like stitches in my forehead and all that. Wow, nice. And, um, and so cut to <laughs> several years later. Um, <laughs> I didn't, I, I probably saw her again after that. I don't know, but I, right. I really don't have any memory <clears throat> of seeing her again until I moved back to the area. This was in, so she yeah. never babysat again is what you're saying. <laughs> probably not. So, yeah. um, this is in Indiana. So I moved back to Indiana in my 12th grade year <clears throat> and really? lo and behold, oh, yeah, there you she did. is yeah, again. Okay, okay. Yeah. And there she is again. She's still a friend of the family and all that. Nice. And, and I hadn't seen her since you know, I was a really small child. You know, she was like, she's like, Hey, how are you? And I was like, Hey, what's going on? You know? And she's like, <laughs> first thing she asked. Oh no. So like, <laughs> did I screw you up for life? <laughs> I was like, what do you mean? She's like, well, when he hit your head, like, are you doing okay in school? <laughs> like, <laughs> I was like, yeah. She's like, oh, good. I've been so worried that, that I screwed you up. You should have played it up and like, you, wait a minute. You, I hit my head? When did I hit Who my head? Who are you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> That's awesome. And I'm so still friends with her on Facebook, so. How cool is she is that, that much older than you? I don't even remember. I think she's probably like in her 50s now. Okay. Probably okay. maybe mid fifty. I don't know. Hmm. What five six seven? She may be like ten years older than me. We should have had her on as a guest because she's like a professional babysitter. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> <laughs> of course, she's like fifty three or fifty four right now. <laughs> right, right, right. So interesting. Okay. <clears throat> so, yeah. All right. So, anyways, when we left off, Greg yep. and Marsha were left in charge for the night. Carol and Mike are going out to dinner for a show, or I'm sorry, going out to dinner and a show, and Alice mm-hmm. is going to help Sam decorate his apartment. <laughs> I don't really mm-hmm. think that's what she's doing, but whatever. <clears throat> so, okay, so let's get back into this, because I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm dying to know what happened. Yeah, I can't wait. Okay, so in this scene, scene opens, it's now nighttime. Yep. We find Peter and Bobby in the family room watching TV while Bobby is eating an apple. Mm-hmm. Jan is on the phone and she's laying in that that typical like I guess it was more when we were kids that stereotypical girls laying on the couch in weird positions talking on the phone which yeah my si- I, my sister never did that I don't know about yours but she never hung upside down <laughs> off the bed and shit you know talking on the phone no I think that's <clears> only <throat> in movies and TV shows yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Jan is on the phone Greg questions where Marsha is going with some milk. She sees Marsha in the kitchen with a glass of milk. Hey, where are you going with the milk? She says that Cindy says her sniffles make her thirsty. So Greg kind of chuckles and says, yeah, she's pretty sneaky. She was explaining to me that her sniffles made her hungry for chocolate cake. (laughs) (laughs) So they both sneaky snake. (laughs) So they both laugh before Greg questions Bobby. He walks over to Bobby and asks um, if he has to eat the apple in the family room saying he doesn't want apple juice all over the furniture and for him to get blamed for it. So Bobby it's leaves calling him... fucking apple. Yeah, right. And how... Like, I, I can't imagine Mike coming in the house and being like, hold on a second, Alice. What is that on the furniture over there? What's that clear liquid on the furniture? Over there? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, and Alice is like, I don't know, Mr. Brady, I'm not allowed in the family room. <laughs> it's hard to see from <laughs> well, me. Well, leaping caterpillars. I better go clean it up. Um, leaping caterpillars. 
Um, yeah. Um, Bobby leaves calling Greg a grouch. I think he calls him Wait Mr. Grouch specifically. I'm sorry. Huh? Sorry to stop you again. So, like, this confirms our theory even more here. What's that? Because, like, okay, so Greg is, like, on him, like, you know, get the fuck up. You're going to spill apple juice yeah, yeah, yeah. over the couch, and I'm going to get in trouble for it. You know, it's a mess Which in the a valid family. Concern. I agree with that. Kind of. And then, so, like, because he's going to get blamed for it, I'm probably going to exactly, have to clean yeah. it up because Alice isn't allowed in the family room to clean. So he's, oh, like, hardcore about, about the that. family room. He's like, dude, You're fucking right. get your feet down. But fucking get a napkin. Like, what the hell? <laughs> I in a weird way, this room... <laughs> This reminded me in a weird way of the of the uh, Dane Cook skit, where like where the Kool Aid man busts through the door. Oh, oh yeah! <laughs> He's like, nobody's gonna believe a giant Kool Aid broke through my wall. I'm I'm gonna get my ass beat. Um, <laughs> oh yeah! Oh no! <laughs> Greg then asks Peter. He focuses his attention on Peter and asks if he can sit up. He's like, can you sit up? Peter says, sure. Why? Greg says that he'll put a hole in the chair with his shoes. And this, God, this rang true. My dad, when I was a kid, my dad, like, if we had our shoes on the couch at all, like, he'd be like, get your shoes. I mean, you would have thought that we were, like, broke a hole in the wall and we're having sex with it. I mean, as violent as he would react to it, it was insane. Get um, your dick out that wall. Yeah. yeah, that's how he was, yeah. What the hell is, what is wrong with you? And that's the attitude you have. Um... <laughs> Peter puts his foot down off the chair, asking, you happy now, Mr. Dick Tater? Which, when <laughs> he, he said Dick Tater, I was like, oh, my God. And I'm like, oh, Dick Tater. Okay. Yeah, that, that one actually caught me off, off guard, too. I was like, yeah. what is he about to say? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Greg calls him a wise guy. He's like, okay, Mr. Wise Guy, and asked if he'd like to go to bed <laughs> early and miss the movie on TV tonight. Peter's like, well, you can't do that. And Greg's all like, I, so I, sure I can for not you know, proper respect for your sitter. So Peter gets nervous and listens. He's like, fine. And he just kind of behaves. <laughs> like that works for him. He's like, yeah. oh yeah, that is, that, that is like a blood oath. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, remember, okay, just for that, you're going to pay for them Super Bowl tickets. Okay. <laughs> or not Super Bowl, World Series. World I don't follow series. sports. Go sports. Um, <laughs> Yay, sports. Yeah. Bobby then walks by, which I thought this was funny. He, I, I got a feeling he was supposed too. to walk by this at a different is, time. He just like waves a napkin in Greg's face. Like, that's awesome. This that was, was great. This is out loud number three for me in this episode. Yeah, walks this was like just, a scene with nothing but kids. What the hell do you think was going to happen? Like, you know. That was so Because Bobby walks by and just waves it in his face like he's got the napkin. But yeah. that was so fucking funny. Oh, God. So <laughs> Greg then goes to Jan. Asking if she can hang up if she's not going to talk. So she's just sitting there not saying a word. Jan explains that she's talking to Gloria, but Jan's not talking at the moment because Gloria's talking. So Greg just kind of rolls his eyes and says, kids. Kids. But I'm... Boy. Boy, boy. <clears throat> what am I going to do with these kids? Hey. <laughs> Turn into so, an old Jewish man. It was weird. <laughs> It's like, what do you know, you putz? <clears throat> so then, hey, <laughs> hey, Peter, you got some schmutz on your face. <laughs> no, I was thinking coming to America. Oh, <laughs> well, you just you know taste the funny? soup. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we, <laughs> we see a chandelier. It's like a close-up of a chandelier. It's an impressive chandelier for a set. I got to admit, that was <laughs> that was impressive. 
Mike and Carol enter, find out this is a restaurant. They enter and are being seated by their waiter. The waiter asks if they if he can get them anything from the bar. Carol explains that she's rather she'd rather have a nice wine at dinner time than to you know mm-hmm. get drunk too early. And Mike agrees. Carol asks Mike, "Isn't this a charming place?" Mike takes her hand and says, "Yes." And now that we found it, let's come here more often. Carol <laughs> says it's a, it's a that's a very good idea. Mike asks. Uh, she he asked the question, "What'll it be? Steak and Burgundy or fish and Chablis?" What the fuck is Chablis? What is that? I don't know, but I enjoyed your spelling of it. <clears throat> um, oh, you like that? <laughs> it looks like it's probably right. <laughs> I don't well, know. it autocorrected it to be correct. That ain't the way I spelled it. <laughs> <laughs> but it's still underlined, so I don't think oh, it's it? correct. Oh. Well, is your spelled C H I B L I S? Oh, there's sh- <laughs> it's the same thing. It's a shared document. Oh, that's, true, yeah. that's the way it autocorrected. So yeah, if anybody Let's, knows that that's the correct spelling and what the fuck it is, please let us know. It Carol is a then, dry white burgundy wine from. How are you supposed to drink it if it's dry? It's in like powder in France. <laughs> <laughs> this powder's fucking gross. How am I drinking this? That's like that. You know, it's kind of funny, huh? That's like fun dip. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Oh man, you just had a lot of memories just flood oh back God. to me. Um, yeah, right. So, like in the beginning, where he's like, "Hey, you guys want a nice wine?" and she's like, "No, I'm gonna have, wait, you know, have it with dinner." And then you can, if you turn it up, like you can hear Mike go, "Yeah, I don't want to get get whiskey dick or something like that." No, like, <laughs> That's awesome, <laughs> whiskey dick. <laughs> hey, well, what the what the fuck's whiskey dick what? <laughs> what? I don't drink I don't, what the fuck is that I don't drink <laughs> it's where you drink too much and your dick doesn't work when you're trying to have sex it's just soft uh, uh, okay. yeah that's not good <laughs> <sighs> so they're sitting there and Carol then says that she should have left a number for the restaurant with Greg and Marsha so yeah. Mike explains that they know where they are, basically saying, like, there's a fucking phone book. They can call us if they need to. And begins to say that they should have they should have had the whole hog with lobster and champagne. He's trying to go back to the menu. Mm-hmm. Carol explains <clears throat> that she should have had them um, check Cindy's temperature before she left. Mike criticizes her, saying that she promised to stop worrying and insists mm-hmm. that Cindy's in good health. <clears throat> Just then the waiter brings the wine list. Mike asks... If he wants, if she wants Burgundy, Chablis, or Champagne, I hope I'm pronouncing it, I think I am, or Champagne. <laughs> yeah. Carol says the bubbles make her sneeze. <laughs> Does that really happen? Bubbles really make you sneeze? <laughs> it's you the same with soda. Like, the soda bubbles make you sneeze? That that made me think of an episode of Saved by the Bell. I think oh, it was I'm Saved by the Bell. Think. <clears throat> yeah. It was, it was either... I think it was it was Zach Morris, and they were they were drinking champagne. It was like I think it was Zach and Kelly, and she drinks and she goes, "Oh, oh the, the bubbles tickle my nose." And Zach busts out with, "Lucky bubbles." <laughs> so it just that reminded me of that. What does that I mean? Know. I don't know. <laughs> but anyways, Carol begins to say, "Speaking of sneezing," and Mike immediately cuts her off, reminding her that she isn't supposed to worry. Mm-hmm. Just then, Carol's like, "Oh shit, oh shit! My my, I broke the snap on my dress." Um, but she won't let Mike see it. She leaves to a, add a safety pin to her dress, 
but she immediately goes um, to this weird box thing on the wall with a thing it's on a it. telephone, oh, te- oh, a payphone. Okay, okay. Um, <laughs> um, and we she learned ends up about calling. what one of those was in season one, if you remember. Well, I was somewhere recently and they had one. I think it was at a hotel or something. I, we, they had one. And I asked the kids. Um, I think it was in um, uh, up in Tennessee. I asked the kids. I'm like, do you know what this is? And both of them are like, no. <laughs> like, are you guys serious? And they're like, no, what is it? I'm like, it's it's a phone. And like, right, but how do you use it? I'm like, well, you have to put money in it. And they're like, why don't you just use a cell phone? Because like, <laughs> not everybody has a cell phone. But anyways, <clears throat> um, Carol picks up the phone and tries to call home. Um but the phone line is busy because Jan is on the phone. Mm-hmm. Carol obviously seems disappointed. Um, they cut back to Mike and Carol looking at the two of the biggest menus I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> <laughs> Mike asks if, if anything looks tempting. Carol says uh, they have the abalone and steak and says that the kids love abalone and steak. Mike just kind of laughs and asks if she remembers when Peter went diving for abalone, seeing that they've been married for like, what, a year? <laughs> I know. When the hell did they go Remember to the- that time? <clears throat> you mean last week? Um, Carol, um, kind of being a Debbie Downer, <laughs> being a Debbie Downer reminds him that um, he also cut his foot that day and that it was nothing at first, but then it got really nasty and infected. <laughs> so Mike just kind of looks... Um, <clears throat> Looks a little bit irritated, kind of that she's a Debbie Downer. Um, but then he just kind of looks worried. And then he notices, ironically, a friend, Charlie Hoffman, sitting in the restaurant and begins to get up to go visit him, insisting that it's nobody Carol knows. So he's like, you don't know him. Just sit down. I'll be back. Well, maybe you should introduce me. Shut the fuck up. I'll be back. <laughs> it's it's basically, talking. no, what he does is what they didn't show was it was the black chick down the street. <laughs> And that's why he's like, no, 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 you sit down. Like, I got this. Um, <laughs> after he's done talking to her, we see Mike at the payphone. Um, he calls the house, but he also gets a busy signal. So Mike just mm-hmm. kind of hangs up and looks puzzled. Just then, ironically, Carol's pin on her dress comes loose again, and she begins to get up explaining that she needs another safety pin. At the same time, Mike explains that he's going to get some change for the parking attendant. They both go to the payphones, both getting busy signals. And they arrive back at the table at the same time. Perfect timing. At the, in yeah, fact, they say just that. like he says. Exactly, um, yes. So I got a couple things here. So <laughs> Okay. Okay, so like when they're talking about abalone and then Mike's like, you remember the time when Peter was diving and like was diving for abalone and all that? And she's like, yeah. And she's like, and I also remember he cut his fucking foot on the <laughs> coral. He's and like... Hey. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. Yeah, Mike is like, did he? Like, oh, I guess he did. Huh. Like, how can you know he why? not remember that? Because he's like, you know what I don't also don't remember? I don't remember how dirty the carpet was because I have a fucking housekeeper for that, don't I? <laughs> like, that ain't my problem. I'm not a woman last time I checked. I'm not worried about that. Else I don't remember. I don't remember asking you a goddamn thing. <laughs> <laughs> but I also don't remember you asking you to pick up this tab because you don't have a job, remember? Your job is to stay home and take care of the kids, isn't it? That's why I don't remember. But I do remember you telling me to shut the fuck up and not bringing shit up. I remember being at work that day. 
anyway, we don't we was, don't feel this way. This is just kidding. Like we don't yeah. actually think like this. <laughs> so, so anyway, I just found it weird that he didn't remember that and and no, it wasn't just yeah. a cut. Like she even said it was quote pretty nasty. Well, she like, said it wasn't it was nothing at first, but then it yeah. got pretty nasty. And then and he agreed. He goes, Yeah, you're yeah. right. And, and both of like, them are like, That's so <clears throat> weird. He cut his foot on a abalone, which I think is a shellfish. Well, and dirty, nasty fucking coral. water. A coral. It's just a dirty, yeah. nasty fucking water. They probably didn't clean it. And it's so weird that it got infected and it turned nasty. Well, yeah, <laughs> if you took care of it properly, you wouldn't. <laughs> and the other thing is, <clears throat> did you notice their telephone number? That You got to watch <laughs> no. them dial their number. Did both of <laughs> them number. dial the same number? Yeah, I checked. Really? Wow, nice. Yep. So it was a nice little touch they did. We're going to have so, to see if Lauren remembers that. Huh? We're going to see if Lauren knows that, because she's supposed to be like the guru. You know, right? Oh, that's true. Yeah, we can ask her another episode. Yeah. Um, so, everybody, get your pens out. Now, we get ready to take this number <laughs> down. You can call the Bradys. I don't know what their area code is. It didn't say, but I'm guessing something in California. Yeah, yeah. So, um, it is 111 <laughs> That is yeah. direct line to yep. Mike fucking Brady. And if you call that number, you're going to hear, Brady Residence. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways. <clears throat> anyway, sorry. So Continue. going back to the story, Mike helps Carol into her seat. Then he sits down and they both begin to confess at the same time that they tried to call home, but mm-hmm. they got a busy signal. Carol yep. seems surprised after Mike confesses, but Mike admits that it was the abalone story that got to him. Carol asks if they can stop by the house before the show. So Mike's like, well, yeah, we can just eat later. Let's just go now. Mike calls over the waiter, saying that they have a change of plans and they have to leave. When the waiter explains that he'll bring over the check, Carol questions, well, what the fuck for? They haven't ordered anything yet. The waiter explains that this restaurant, apparently, and he fucking rolls his eyes like a dickhead when he does it, um, <laughs> <laughs> that the restaurant has a cover charge and also a state tax on the covered charge that they have to pay for before they can leave. Yeah. Like, this restaurant has no show, <clears throat> nobody playing, no Jake right. Salter up there strumming on his guitar, <laughs> but they still have to play a fucking, pay a cover charge. I've so. never heard of this cover charge at a restaurant thing before. Like, no. maybe some of the fancier places have, because you did take up their table, maybe, but... But I mean, yeah, you're right. This guy was a total fucking dick. Like, he was, yeah. He, he was kind of an asshole. He, he acted like he deals with this all the fucking time. He's like, yeah, what yeah. cover charge? And he's like, and he just goes, oh, the cover charge for the, you know, for fucking taking up my table. And, he, and don't forget about the taxes on that shit, too. He's like, the and cover like, charge, you dumb fuck. Like, that's kind of like, that, too. God, yeah. you're fucking stupid. Like, yeah. like, he deals with this all the time. And they're like, but <laughs> we didn't fucking get anything, like. I don't know. I feel like I don't know. How well, often do people like get a table and then leave? Well, I've done. That I can't before. imagine it happens <laughs> very. <laughs> okay. Well, I can't imagine it happens very often. I would. I would think that like no, just fucking go. You guys have a good night. Don't worry about. Yeah, it. Yeah. You know? Well, like we went to a restaurant one time, which no I'll, I won't name because you know I don't want them to look bad. <clears throat> and my oldest son has. He's got a bit of social anxiety, and we were we were trying to teach him how to kind of you know, open up and talk more and stuff. So we go to this restaurant and, um, we really encourage him to this particular day. We encouraged him to order himself. 
You know, because yeah. usually he whispers to us and we order. So this was the first time he had ever gotten to order, and he built up his courage. He was super nervous about it. And so the waiter comes over, okay, what do you have? And he really nervously looks and he goes, well, can I have the macaroni and cheese? And the waiter immediately goes, no, we're sold out. And the look on his face was like, he was so disappointed, he couldn't believe it. Well, question. Yeah. What did you expect them to say? What did you want them to say instead of that? Like maybe apologize for being sold <laughs> well, out of something they sell well, down no, the street? No, I wanted to say, <laughs> yes, sir, right away. <laughs> well, no, I mean, at, at the very least, like... Well, first of all, they sell it. Down, they, there's literally a Publix down the street. There's absolutely no reason for them to be sold out of macaroni and cheese. That's insane. that's ridiculous. That's the first problem. But second, you know, when you put that name tag out of the shirt or, or you know your flair or whatever the fuck you're putting on, like you're you're, you're the restaurant. You know what I mean? If yeah. the restaurant is sold out of something, you are sold out of something. So you you kind of owe people an apology for being sold out of something that's clearly sure. put on the menu. And yeah. not like as soon as you sit down, like what should have happened as soon as we got our seat. Hey, can we have two, three kids menus? Okay, just so you know, on the kids menu, we have macaroni right. and cheese. We're sold out. You well, know, and just uh, how this rude guy he was, was rolling the dice. He was like, hopefully they don't order the mac and yeah, cheese. Yeah. And then he hears well, he mac was, and cheese. He he's was like, really kind of rude about it. <laughs> yeah. And um, so he's like, no, you can't have that. We're sold out. And the look on his face <clears> was, he was. That was his worst nightmare. It just happened. <laughs> he finally gets up to courage, and they tell him no. Yeah. And so... No, I get um, it. I would be annoyed as yeah. well. And so he just... He kind of looks at all of us at the table, and he's like, uh, is there something else you want? And that's exactly how he said it. Like, is there something else? And everybody's kind of quiet, and he looks at me, and I went, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll have the check. And he's like, are you serious? I'm like, yep. And so the manager comes over. He's like, is there a problem? I said, yeah, apparently you're sold out of something that they sell in every corner store and grocery store in the country. Don't understand how that happens. Uh, so we're just going to go somewhere else that actually orders shit that they're supposed to. Um, and he's like, well, in that case, you know, don't even worry about the drinks. You know, it's on me. I apologize, blah, blah, blah. As soon as we got in the car, he broke down and started to say, he's like, I'm so sorry. I'm like, no, buddy, it's, it's okay. <laughs> I ended up apologizing profusely, you know, that kind of thing. We ended up not going to that restaurant for like two years after that. I was so disappointed. <laughs> So I've kind of encountered these dickhead raiders like this. It's yeah, it's kind of. I mean, <clears throat> what's funny is that they were like, "We'll pay for the drinks," and you're like, "Oh, thanks so much." And then they're like, "But sir, there's still the cover charge." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, this manager was With like, "Cause tax. we all order drinks," and I was like, "Please just bring us our tabs. So we can get the fuck out of here, please." Like I could tell my son was upset, um, and he was just the the guy's like, "You know what? Don't even worry about the drinks. I got it." And I wanted to be like, "Well, yeah," because I, I I was gonna pour that shit on the floor and just walk out, but. Anyways, going back to our story. <laughs> back to our story. Mike and Carol arrive at home. So they show this is one of the few shots, I think, that I remember that's outside of the house looking at the front door. Like they might have ones later on. You know, I know in the, they, mm-hmm. I know in the movie they do when um, Marsh is out there in the front porch making out with that boy. <laughs> and he's hmm. like, did I just feel your tongue in my mouth? It's called French kissing. You know, that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. um, I think this is one of the few scenes that show the front door from the outside. Um, so Mike and Carol arrive at home outside. Mike stops explaining that they shouldn't do this, do this meaning checking on the kids because mm-hmm. they said they trusted him, which I agree a hundred percent. Yeah. Plus they have the chain on the front door, which was my original point or like how the hell would they expect to get home that night? If the kids are asleep <laughs> anyways, right? just then Carol smells smoke. And I got to admit when she said, is that smoke? 
I thought for sure they were going to show Greg in the backyard, like smoking weed or something. Like <laughs> I was like, he's only like 14. I don't think he would have done that yet. But, um, <laughs> Carol well, we smells so coming up where he does smoke cigarettes. Yeah. Carol smells smoke. Mike insists that it's a barbecue. Carol insists that they check anyways. And I think the name of the next door neighbors they give is the name of the next door neighbors in this, in the, the movies made in the nineties. I'm almost positive. The first movie, that they made deals a lot with the next door neighbor. And I think it's the same neighbor. What was the name again? I can't remember. But I forgot too. But I think it's the same neighbor. Hmm. Um, next scene, we see Carol and Mike in the backyard. And Mike trips over a big blue lawn chair. Because apparently he never goes in his backyard. Because <clears throat> it was so fucking dark out there. Like he couldn't see <laughs> like a bike or a chair. Like it was fucking bright as hell. Well that and it's, it's, like it's it his own dark. backyard. <laughs> he never well, goes in his backyard. That, I guess the bike isn't always there, you know. But I guess, but uh, plus, why do they have bikes in the backyard? You can't ride a bike in the backyard. They got a garage. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, I mean the garage is right there. I mean they probably rode it around the yard and just dropped it, and yeah. you know, I don't know. We cut to the kids sitting in the family room watching TV. To me, it sounded like a scary movie. That's what it sounded like to me. I don't remember. Um, Greg hears a sound outside and questions Marsha if she heard it. Marsha didn't hear it. So I got to commend Greg for being on top of shit. He's just like, wait a minute, guys. I heard a sound outside. Marsha, did you hear it? She's like, I don't know. I'm watching TV. And even though I'm supposed to be babysitting. Um, <laughs> well, here, here's what was weird. Because he goes, Marsha, did you just hear that? And she's like, what? Yeah. And he's like, I just heard something. He doesn't say, I just heard something right outside. Let me right. go peek or over there. He just says, I heard a noise as if like he didn't know where it came from. You know, it's like, yeah. it was weird. Oh, um, <laughs> we cut back outside. We see Carol and Mike again on the back porch where Mike now trips over a bicycle and completely like busts his ass and falls on the ground. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which was kind of funny. <clears throat> Greg then jumps up while Marsha looks concerned and then Greg immediately leaves the room. Um, mm -hmm. I was a little bit confused by this. Um, I mean, as a, I, I, I'm thinking as a parent, I know, but I like to think that if I was in Greg's position, I would look at Marsha or look at Jan and be like, get your ass off that phone. I need to use it because if there's right. potential danger outside of your window <laughs> and you're supposed to be in charge, why would you leave them all to go into another room that's further away from the danger? To me, that didn't make any <laughs> yeah. sense. I would have just been like, get your ass off the phone. I need to use it. Anyways. <clears throat> So they show Greg entering the living room. He picks up the phone and tells Jan to get off the phone. He has to make an important phone call. Greg picks up. He puts the phone down, picks it up again, starts dialing. Outside, we see Carol picking up Mike from the ground, which was an <laughs> extremely pointless scene. Um, <laughs> we go back to the living room to see Greg in the living room on the phone. Marsha then runs in and sits on the coffee table across from Greg, just in time to hear Greg explaining what he heard to the police on the phone. Greg puts the phone down, explaining the to Marsha that the police are sending over a patrol car and that there's already one in the neighborhood. So the police are going to be there pretty quick. We see nope. Mike and Carol outside again, standing on the back porch. Mike is dusting himself off. Carol says they would have been quieter breaking down the front door, which I got to admit, Mike's pretty damn clumsy. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell he got picked last in PE class kind of thing. <clears throat> Back to Marsha and Greg in the living room. Um, 
Marsha is now explaining, explains to Greg that he better have been right about that sound that he heard. Because she, you mm-hmm. can tell that she's doubting it. You can tell that Marsha would not have called the cops. She would have been right. like a horror movie. Like, what's that? Let's run upstairs and leave the door yeah, unlocked. I was just going to say that. Everybody <laughs> run upstairs. Exactly. Yeah. <clears throat> but, but Greg's all like, no, no, there's none of that. Um, <laughs> Won't have any of that now. Yeah. <laughs> Greg and Mike, I'm sorry, <laughs> Carol and Mike are now standing on the the back porch, surrounded <laughs> by bikes. Wrote, they're standing that? on the Mac on the porch? Mac porch. That's like where they go if they want to look cool. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Carol and Mike are now standing on the back porch, surrounded by bicycles. Carol, which is ag- Mike's worst enemy, <laughs> <laughs> apparently. Apparently, if you want to stop Mike Brady, all you do is throw a bike in front of him. Carol agrees. Um, Oh, the there Dittmeyers, it is. Dittmeyers, that's the name of it. Yeah. There it is, Carol yeah. agrees that it was indeed the Dittmeyers barbecue. They turn to leave, but hear a sound coming from the bushes as the fence gate opens slowly. Oh, Jimmy, yeah. I'm scared. Mike tells Carol to wait here, and she mm-hmm. listens for like a half a second and follows him over to the gate. They arrive Carol at the gate. Carol not listening to her man. Yeah, right? Once again. They arrive at the gate just in time to scare the shit out of Alice. <laughs> no, he was like, he like jumped on her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was about ready to beat some ass. It's awesome. <laughs> he um, was like a silverback <laughs> gorilla. And scare the shit out of Alice, who is sneaking into the backyard. They all three scream like little girls. Mike scolds Alice, and he, like, gets in her face. He scolds Alice, asking what she is doing here. Just then, we hear a voice asking what they're all doing here. We then see two police officers standing in the backyard, pointing flashlights at him. Oh, Mm -hmm. shit. First of all, all, Alice showing back up. What a fucking bitch. Like, she's sneaking back in. She's yeah, like, yeah. I don't try, you know, Carol, she don't fucking, she's not good with kids. Like, I can't believe <laughs> that she's out with her man while her daughter is near fucking death with the sniffles. Yeah. yeah. How dare she? How dare <laughs> she? I guess Al- I have to raise these kids myself. Alice has a complex. I was waiting for her to like start yelling back at Mike on, I'm not going to leave my daughter. Do- I mean, I mean, right. your daughter. <laughs> Here, home if it alone. Was my sick. kid, I wouldn't have left. But you right. know, whatever. You guys are shitty people. So, <laughs> so she um, snuck back home to yeah. check on. And Cindy. then Mike, rightfully so, he's like, "You, you shouldn't be sneaking around the house. Like, you're fucking gone yeah. for the night. You know." Um, I think it's because like, you know, Sam was having issues. He didn't last very long or something. So she's just like, "Fuck this, I'm going home." <laughs> um. <laughs> Which doesn't make sense anyway, because why is she if she's her intent was to just go home and check on Cindy, why is she sneaking anywhere at all? Exactly, yeah. Through the yeah, yeah. backyard fence, why? Why are any of them sneaking? Huh? Why are any of them sneaking? Well, I mean, Mike and Carol were like, well, we oh, we shouldn't be doing this. Now we're going to lose our trust, and right. you know we're supposed to be trusting them, and so let's be quiet, and I gotcha, but... Well, but it's like... Alice's whole point was to go home to check on Cindy. To wouldn't well, it's like a about sneaker. two weeks ago, maybe maybe a week ago, we let we let my daughter, who's ten, stay home for the first time by herself, right? Hmm. And she was just hanging out in her room. 
Wait, she didn't have the sniffles, did she? No, I don't think so. We're not that (laughs) crazy parents. Okay. Um, And we told her that there's two conditions besides the obvious ones, like don't answer the door for people. First one is her phone had to be charged. The second, if we call it, she has to answer it. (laughs) Yeah. So we're on our way to get rodents for our snakes. We have a lot of snakes. And we get like... Snakes, snakes. I don't know no snakes. Sorry. (laughs) We get down the road... We call Caitlin to, t- to ask her if she... I think we are asking if she wanted something to eat on the way home. And she didn't answer her phone. So we call like twice. She didn't answer. So we turn mm. around doing about face. <laughs> come in the house and go all silverback gorilla going, Caitlin, where is your phone? She had left <laughs> her phone in the living room on the charger while she was in the room with the door closed. Which is exactly what <laughs> she's not supposed to do. <laughs> right. I can tell you with all honesty, I did not give a shit about whether she thought I trusted her or not at that point. All I cared about was, <laughs> right. was my daughter okay? I couldn't yeah. give two shits about what they thought as far as trust goes. Because the number one mm-hmm. concern is, are your kids okay? So I don't understand why any of the three of them are sneaking around. If, you, if your kids aren't yeah. home alone, you try to call, your phone's been busy the whole time, get your ass in the house. Who gives a shit if they think that you don't trust them? At least they're alive. Yeah, you, you can know, just blame what it if on you came jam. home and they're all fucking murdered? Like, oh, good thing they died knowing you trust them. Like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> well, they can always just blame it on Jan, too. It's like, well, what are you guys supposed to be out? Yeah, we tried fucking calling three times and fucking exactly, Jan's yeah. on the damn phone. They don't have a limit like, to be on the phone? I did. Guess we not. were allowed to be on the phone for 15 minutes. That was it. Well, they. this was and covered I had a, in I that had a, earlier episode of the show about time limits on the phone. Okay. So, anyways. So. Um... So the police you, are pointing... F- but sorry, to answer your question, yes. I've actually left work early before because I was trying yeah. to call the kids and they weren't fucking answering texts exactly, or yes. phone calls or nothing. Right. So I've had to leave work before and get home going, Why? where's your fucking phone at? You're talking to Jasmine. <laughs> and she's like, well, I was like, I've been trying to text you and call you. Oh, sorry. Oh, yeah. There they are. But I mean, like, how many times did you get to the front door and look at your significant other and go, well, gee, I don't want them to think I don't trust them. <laughs> no. The fuck? Like, why is that even a concern? <clears throat> so, anyways, yeah. Anyway. Um, police officer standing in the backyard, pointing flashlights at Mike, Carol, and Alice. Carol, for some reason, busts out with, "Well, Alice is the housekeeper. <laughs> like that fucking yeah. matters." Yeah. The officer questions if they were arguing about who was going to vacuum the bushes. Let's Which, back I mean, up the, here. The grass would have been better. This. Like, like this whole scene didn't play out very well to me. It was very confusing. Well, it was the the cops going, you know, something along the lines of, "Oh, let me guess, she's out here vacuuming the bushes or, or something like no, that." No, he had I mean, asked, "Are you were you arguing about it?" Because they were sitting there arguing because Mike's fucking yelling at Alice and stuff. And yeah. so, um, it's like, "Well, she's the housekeeper," and the officer's like, "Well, where were you? Where were you arguing about who's going to vacuum the bushes? The fuck? Yeah, like why didn't you say grass? Bushes don't make any sense." <laughs> I know. Uh, it's one of those moments where you think of something funny, and then they they get back, the cops get back in the car, and they'd be like, and it's just kind of quiet, and they're like, "Vacuum the bushes?" And he's like, "I don't know, dude. I, f- I meant to I say grass, was, but now I look stupid." I, could, eh. I think it was a Saturday Night Live moment, and Saturday Night Live. You can't tell me Saturday Night Live isn't guilty of this. You know <laughs> that people are getting high and stoned when they're doing the writing for Saturday Night Live, that week that they're preparing, you know they spend most of it like drunk and high. They have to. 
and they start talking about a sketch idea and they're fucking laughing their asses off because they, they're going on like three hours of sleep for the entire week while doing drugs and getting drunk and that shit is fucking funny as hell to them and then they get up in front of a live studio audience and it fucking bombs and it's stupid and I get a feeling the same thing they were in the writer's room tired or, or high or something and just laughing or like, hey, what if we back in the bushes back in the bushes and they're sitting there fucking cracking up and then it you know the cop delivers it and it's you know it just dies anyways <laughs> um, Carol explains um, that they that they indeed live there and that they thought Alice was a prowler. Mikey yells at Alice, saying he was supposed to, um, she was supposed to be at Sam's, which he, like, fucking yells at her. You were supposed mm-hmm. to be at Sam's. I was like, yeah, that's cool. Um, Alice explains that she got worried about Cindy and that the phone line was busy. Mike then tries to explain to the police that it was the first time their kids are home alone, and then all three of them begin to rattle off random details about what happened, confusing the <laughs> fuck out of the officers in the process. <laughs> yeah. They then pan over to see Greg, Marsha, Jan, and Peter staring out the window looking irritated. <laughs> and they didn't really play it off confused. They look pissed. They look irritated. Yeah. <clears throat> They're like, we're trying to watch this movie and you guys are here fucking arguing about stupid shit like, <laughs> you know, vacuuming bushes. <laughs> we see Carol. This is the next scene. We see Mike, Carol, Marsha, and Greg sitting in the living room. Mike is explaining that Alice was worried and came home around the backyard just like they did. Greg begins to apologize for calling the police, but Mike insists that he did the right thing, which I agree. I agree 100%. He had no reason mm-hmm. to believe that his family would sneak into the backyard. And right. if this ever happened to me, I would I would I'd be disappointed if my kids didn't call the police. You know what I mean, they, mm-hmm. I mean, if I'm dumb enough to sneak in the backyard instead of coming through my own damn front door that I paid for. Anyways, um <laughs> um Carol then enters the room saying that Cindy has no sign of the sniffles. Greg then says, if they leave now, they'll still be able to make the show. Mm-hmm. Mike agrees as they begin to leave. As they are leaving, Greg insists that they have everything under control. Greg and Marsha walk Mike and Carol to the door, finally escorting them out, shutting the door and shaking hands for a job well done, but not before Mike enters again, saying they forgot to attach the chain. Said Mike, that wacky Mike, Mikey, and that is the end. All right, yes. So, what did you think? It's so funny. Like I would have guests on here, and I always say, "What'd you think of the episode?" And they go, "Oh yeah, it was pretty fun. You did a good job." I'm like, "Not." Not this episode, the episode. Of, so now I always have to ask, what did you think of the episode of Brady, the Brady Bunch? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's funny. I was going to make that joke too. I was going to be like, <laughs> no, me. Like, what did you think? Um, I thought they were going to um, go a different direction. I thought they were yeah. going to go the direction where they, they leave them in charge. And then, you know, Mike and Marsha become like babysit Nazis and they have like these super strict rules and they have the kids like cleaning the house and shit. Um, I yeah. thought that they were going to go that direction. So. No, it was more about the parents being stupid than yeah. so much the kids. It's a good message I, though. I thought it was a good episode. I thought it was yeah, yeah. funnier than most. Um, who wrote this one here again? This was uh, uh, good old Bruce Howard, which I'm not too, I think we've said his name before, but I don't recognize it as one of the regular writers, but 
But it wasn't just the writing either. It was like I thought that uh, a few of the kids and Mike, of course, was always good. But was, the delivery was done well by a lot of the uh, kids. So yeah. Um. You know what else made it a great episode? It was not. It was not Jan heavy at all. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. It's true. Yeah. Stop doing that. <laughs> it's like Jan. Can you like? I don't know, like lay upside down or something so we can't see your face as much. <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> that's messed up. That's that's messed up. Anywho, that was um, I thought it was good, though. I thought it was a good episode. Yeah, I thought it was funnier than most of them. I thought that was probably the funniest episode so far. <laughs> I have yeah, to say. I agree, yeah. I laughed out loud three times during this episode. And who was the director again? What? Oscar Rudolph directed it. Oscar Rudolph directed, yeah. He's directed other episodes, but they but they weren't this funny. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Even Carol was fucking funny in this episode. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I think in this ep on this episode was when they finally started kind of establishing their rhythm and kind of getting to know each other. Because you got to remember, so. this is the second season by now, so yeah, they're up in their game, I guess. Yeah, the first episode of. Season two, they just it was probably kind of awkward coming back, but after that, it felt like old times again. They got comfortable, you know, kind of, yeah, you know. that's true. And plus, if you know, from what we've heard, you know, about how Christopher, what's his name, Christopher, Christopher Knight, no, the, the father, what was his name, in real life? Robert Reed, Robert Reed, yeah, I almost said Christopher Reed, I'm like, that's Superman, <laughs> um, <laughs> um, especially from what we hear about Robert Reed, he probably brought the kids out and. Took him on vacation over the the break, and yeah, so they probably came yeah. back having spent a bunch of time together, and you know that kind of thing. So, yeah, they did like old team building exercises, and exactly, yeah. yeah. And Christopher so, Knight probably went diving for <laughs> albacore or whatever yeah, it was, yeah. abalone, <laughs> <laughs> diving for tuna <laughs> in the ocean. <laughs> That's funny. Cool. So yeah. All right, well, good job, Jimmy Klein. Why, thank you. That was my first time. Yeah. <laughs> You're so like, got, oh, we know. <laughs> no. <laughs> so we got uh, episode three next, and uh, I don't know if I want to give any tease for it. Of course, I don't even know what is episode three, <laughs> but um, let's see. Ooh, just by the name alone sounds exciting. It's called The Slumber Caper. The Slumber Caper. Caper. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. All right. Well, so we get to see I some of Marsha's so. hot friends. I mean, um, I mean, <laughs> some friends. <laughs> yeah. All right. Cool. Well, good job, and uh, welcome Ooh, to and season it's directed two. By, it's directed by Oscar Rudolph as well. But see, this one's written by Sherwood Short, so it's probably not going to be as funny. Man, he hasn't been a writer uh, in a while on an episode, right. so. Isn't, this must be an episode where his daughter's in, especially it's if it's going to be like one of a. Uh, I bet you anything his daughter's in this one. I don't see your name on IMDb. Pulling it up, right meow. <laughs> it's funny if you look at some of the names: Hope Ju Juder, Juber. What? Well, that is that's her. That's his daughter, Hope. Yeah. <clears throat> this is Hope Sherwood. Her name is Hope Sherwood Schwartz. Like, but Hope is his daughter. I don't know. It's weird. So I guess what I guess Hope Juber is her is her name now. 
And I guess yeah. Hope Sherwood was before she got married. So that's her maiden name. Yeah. Anyway, anyways, this isn't stuff that people need to hear. Okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> this is just us talking now. Yeah. So. Okay, well, that was fun. That was interesting. Indeed. Um, All right. Well, I guess uh, I will see you next time, Jimmy. You will. And we will see all of you later. And have sunshine day and stuff. But, I mean, our outro already takes care of all that. So. Yes. All right. I'll see you. Later. Hey, I want to thank my guests one last time for stopping by. And come on back here every Monday for a new episode. Don't forget to subscribe to the show. Also, on Apple Podcasts, please leave a rate and review. It helps the show out tremendously. Hey, go ahead and check out AVeryBradyPodcast.com. If you ever wonder what I look like, I got pics up on there. You can also see pictures of our past guests as well that have been on the show. Read little bios about them. And you can contact me at AVeryBradyPodcast at gmail.com. Send me an email, any questions you have, or maybe you want to tell me that you hate a certain episode. Who knows? Or even give me a call and leave a voice message at 804-446-1901. Again, that's 804-446-1901. Leave a voicemail. I'll play it on the show. You can also head on over to the merch store at tpublic.com. The link is in the description of this episode. Join in on the conversation in the Facebook group. It's called a Very Brady Facebook group. So get in there. Get on the conversation, post memes, I don't care, just don't be a racist. And be sure to also check out the Patreon page. If you enjoy the show, give a donation and become a patron. I'd certainly appreciate it. Just go to www.patreon.com forward slash a very Brady podcast. Until then, I've been Tack, and this has been a very Brady podcast. Have a sunshine day. been listening to a fourth hand joint.